0: I wanted to kind of preface this a little bit. I wanted to say to you that obviously if you've ever read through our core values, you know that this is what I had to do last week. That helped. Um, <laughs> the fact that we are an actively irreligious church. We tell you that right off the bat because one of the things that you're going to see is obviously we don't do maybe church the way that a lot of churches do. You know, we're going to come in and we're going to come in and praise God. We're going to tell you about the truth of God, but it's not always going to be done maybe in the ways that other churches are going to do it. So wanted to kind of preface a little bit today with the message, explain to you that this is really a PG-12, PG-13 kind of message. Um, there's going to be maybe a few simple little words that you might be like, ooh, they said that in church. Uh, we did. We said it in church. So it's going to be, I'm not going to say it, but it's going to be up there. But I want, the point you're going to get is through the message. I think you're going to kind of understand where I'm going with it. So it's going to be okay. So wanted to tell you real quick, because I'm I'm telling you, it's, it's nothing that you guys all didn't say yourselves at one time. And you might still have said it just like before you walked into church. You might have said it here. I don't know. Never know. But you know, the one thing I can say is like I told you, I love movies. I love movies. And I am a sucker for Marvel movies. I love the Marvel movie series. Like, I can honestly tell you truthfully, I would rather see a Marvel movie any day besides a romance movie. I don't know what that says about me. Kind of scary. But I love Captain America. I love Thor. I mean, come on, Thor. I still love Captain America a little bit more, though. It's, it's just that he's so good. I don't know. And then Iron Man you got to love him just because he's so bad, don't you? But one of my most absolute favorite movies of all times, I would have to say after seeing it, is last year's movie, Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay? Did you guys get to see it? How many of you guys saw it? Okay, good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really ho- telling you, if you didn't see it, you need to go rent it because it's fabulous. It's a fabulous movie. It is really amazing. It had action. One of the things it had was Chris Pratt. Um, I admit, I have a slight crush on Chris Pratt. I have to honestly tell you the truth. Um, I loved him from when he was on Parks and Rec, and you know, when I saw that he was going to be this, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it, no doubt. But um, and it has, this movie has some other great characters also that are just wonderful. And then it has this most amazing, fabulous movie soundtrack. If you love 70s music, man, you want to see this movie, because it just takes you, it transports you if you've lived through that era at all. But what it is, it's a movie about a guy named Peter Quill, played by Chris Pratt. And what he is, is he's a junker. He actually goes around and what he does is he steals from people. And then he goes and he sells the items to other people. Basically, he says he's picking them up, but we all know he's really kind of stealing a lot of things. So, he's actually pretty scandalous. He's actually one of those people you kind of see, he's kind of a flawed character. And maybe you know one of these people. Maybe you are one of these people. Maybe we used to be one of these people. But the truth is, a lot of times we have personalities that maybe are a little bit scandalous. Maybe not so perfect. But you know, just like last week when I talked to you about the movie Maleficent, a lot of times what we find in a lot of people who live scandalous lives and maybe lives that aren't so perfect, we find that a lot of times there's a lot more depth and there's a lot more reasoning behind it. And that's the exact same thing that happened with Peter. Peter was, is really what happened was he was dealt a nasty hand at the beginning of his life. And we're going to actually look at the beginning of that That's the first clip, okay? So we can see that Peter obviously had a rough time at the beginning of life. Obviously he didn't have a dad in his life, and then obviously his mother died and left Peter to live with his grandfather. But before that even happens, he gets picked up by a spaceship. It happens every day, guys. Did you guys not know that? It happens every day. I'll tell you. And he disappears. Well, fast forward 26 years, what happens is we see Peter again. And we see that he actually is following in the footsteps of the guy who picked him up. His name is Jean Du. And he actually picks him up and he takes him and he basically tells him the trade. We're going to teach you how to be a ravager, we're going to teach you how to be a junker, we're going to teach you how to steal. And that's what he's lived, and that's what he's learned. So that's basically where we're at in the story. And uh, his whole idea is he's out to steal, and he's going to go and he's going to sell everything to the highest bidder. So that's where we start in the next clip. All right. So we have Peter Quill. How cool is he? I mean, this guy can dance, and he has matrix moves. I mean, this is pretty amazing. This is this is whatever girl wants. I'm telling you. But here he is, he, he steals this orb. And the guy who commissioned it, actually, you know, he, he knew it was more powerful. Everyone knows it's more powerful, but Peter doesn't necessarily know it's that more powerful. You can see he's kind of surprised when he sees what it did to the guy. He's pretty, he's pretty amazed. But here what happens is he takes the orb and he goes back to the broker, the person who was going to buy this orb. And when he tells him that he's nearly almost killed because of it, he just says, he says, I want nothing to do with it. When he mentions the fact that he heard of a guy's name called Ronan. So when he heard the name Ronan, he says, I want nothing to do with this orb. This guy Ronan is out to kill everyone in my culture, and I want nothing to do with him. So we see that Peter's kind of just doesn't know now what to do. He's got this orb. He was escaped from the bad guys, but here he is. And soon we go on and we meet a whole cast of crazy characters. And there's a raccoon named Rocket who was genetically altered. This is a crazy movie, I'm telling you, but it's fun. And his sidekick is a huge tree-like character that goes by the name of Groot. And basically all he says is, I am Groot. That's what he says all the time. And then you have other people that are kind of like trying to get involved, trying to get the orb just like Peter is. And what they're doing is you find out that Rocket and Groot are actually out to get Peter because Yondu, who sent him out to get this, And he didn't come back with it. He put a ransom, a bounty on uh, Peter's head. So they're out to collect the bounty. So they're all trying to get the orb, but Rocket and Groot are trying to get Peter. So this whole entire thing happens. And then you have this woman named, a green woman named uh, Gamora. Now, if you watch Star Trek, you always know there's always a green chick, right? There always is. You guys, I'm a sci-fi freak. I like sci-fi. I don't know. A lot of people don't. I like it. But here you have Gamora who's trying to steal the orb from Peter also. And she actually is trying to keep it out of the hands of Ronan, who's actually really evil. He thinks he's going, she's going to steal it for him, but she actually is trying to keep it out of his hands. So there's this interesting group for sure. And all four of them end up getting captured by the Xandarians, this culture that really that Ronan wants to destroy. They arrest him. They ship him off to the Kiln, which is a maximum security prison. And we find out then that they all really have a story. Like I say, there's always a lot more than meets the eye behind us. So we see their stories next. So we can see that there is a very interesting group of people, for sure. Obviously, you see the fact that, like I say, Rocket was genetically messed with. Gamora actually had her parents killed in front of her. Peter lost his mom, like we saw, was taken up and raised by a group of thugs. And Groot, well, we really don't know much about Groot because all he does is say, I am Groot. So we really don't know what he's saying, even though he says a lot. So. And we've met, in that clip, Drax the Destroyer. And he just simply wants revenge is what he's wanting. He wants revenge on Ronan because he killed his wife and his daughter. So this was a motley crew. Basically a band of misfits. That's what it was. And they're all hurt to some degree, but really what life circumstances have dealt them. And they're really totally self-centered, is what they're at. Their focus is all about themselves, all about getting for themselves, all about getting more money, making a way for themselves. Very, very separate is what they want. They're greedy, they're money-hungry, and they're really kind of anti-heroes, if you really think about it. And that's the whole idea, I think, what's interesting about the whole idea of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's really so popular, why the people liked Guardians of the Galaxy so much is because maybe we can all relate to that a little bit better. Maybe we can't all be Captain America, but one thing we can all be is we could be Peter Quill. We could be a misfit. We could be maybe not so perfect, be a little scandalous, and the fact that God actually could still use us, or you could have a greater cause that you could take part in. So that's what's really great about it all. And even though these misfits seem really different on the outside, if you look at them, they all look different. On the inside, they were all the same. They were actually all kind of hurt, all kind of misunderstood. And they're all quite alike on the inside. You know, there's that saying that says birds of a feather flock together. And you can see that type of people all do kind of team up in a way. But, you know, the thing is they do start to see that who they really are on the inside and that there was more to them. And I think that this plan that they had, this idea that they're going to take what little money they could make and we could put it all together and we could make way more money. After they found out that this orb has power, and obviously every single person wants it, you know, they decide that it obviously has some power, so we can go and we can sell it we can make more. But what happens is they find out that this orb that they're wanting to sell, they find out that this orb actually has the power to destroy the galaxy, to destroy life as they know it. Everything that they know and breathe and live, they can't survive. So they see that it actually becomes something bigger than they ever expected. They expected just to go and sell it and make money, but then they find out that there's actually a cause that they have to go and take part of. They have to become the guardians of the galaxy. And the more time that they spend together, the more time that they realize that they care more about each other and less about the money. And that's exactly what happens. You know, over time when you're with people, even if you don't necessarily like them, you start to see the insides of them. You start to see maybe there's a little bit more to them. You know, people that maybe have a sharp edge or you're around them and they're not really likable, but if you spend enough time with them, sometimes you can see that there's more depth to their character, maybe more reasons why you could really relate to them and love them. And so we're going to go on and we're going to see the next clip. So we can see that Drax actually did try to uh, get his revenge from Ronan. He called and he fought him and obviously he didn't fare so well. He nearly died. But one of the things that's kind of interesting that happens there is where Rocket actually tells Drax, he says, you know, basically he says, yeah, we've all lost people. We all have dead people. And that's really, it's such a harsh statement, but really that is us. That is the world. That's what all of us do. We all live with loss. You know, here it sounds like it's such a harsh and, and, and a horribly unkind statement. But the fact is there's very few of us that have ever experienced, um, you know, a life that was perfect. We've, we've all experienced loss in some degree. We've all had deep pains and sorrows and, you know, losing people that we love. And then over time, what happens to this whole entire situation is deep down, even Rocket has to admit to himself that they start to care about each other. That it isn't just about being alone and getting money, but it's about saving the galaxy from Ronan, and it's about saving each other and sacrificing each other. You can see that Peter decided to sacrifice his own life basically to run and help Gamora. And then we also see that Groot went and tried to save Drax, even though they're all Really, what people would say a lot of times are really like, what What are they worth saving for? You know, they're all criminals. They're all this. They're all not good. But we can see that they actually started to care for, the, for each other. So this is exactly what ends up happening in life. You know, you have Nebula, who actually tried to kill Gamora. It's this deep pain that she was feeling. Nebula was dealing with the fact that her father never liked her as much as he liked Gamora. You know, you had... Drax, like I say, going through and and having that pain. You had Peter who had all of his past loss. And you you have all these different people that have such hurts. That's how we are. That's how the world is filled. You know, a lot of times we meet people and we see them on the surface, they just seem very mean, maybe not very kind, or we kind of write them off. But the truth is we a lot of times don't know the whole story. We just see a picture. We don't see the whole story. Well, they recognize the fact that they have to do something. They see the fact that this Ronin now has this opportunity really to destroy the galaxy. And they could just let him have it, or they could try to fight. So they decide they're going to fight together. And this is what the last clip is about. You know, the thing What he says, he says we're all losers. And Peter said basically that they all had lost something. They lost their homes or families or lives. And then he says that life has given us an opportunity here. But it's going to be risky, and you could die doing it. You know, in the Bible we see that same kind of story. It's the exact same story that we live every day as Christians. We see see the similar story that's like in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, What happened when Jesus decided to start his ministry is he gathered an unlikely group of people. People really didn't have a lot to offer. They weren't brilliant. They weren't the scholars. They weren't these perfectly walked people they were people who were fishermen and just everyday folk that's what he did and he, he took these people really who didn't have a whole lot to offer and he caused them to come with him and really that they could change the world that's exactly the message of christ it's exactly what god wants us all to understand it might be a crazy movie to talk about marvel from a, a marvel movie but it really is the message the fact that god uses a lot of really misfit people to do his will. That's exactly what it's all about. Jesus chose ordinary people. These guys weren't special. They didn't have a whole lot to offer. They seemed unqualified to accomplish everything that they were going to do, but yet he called them. These guardians went off to save the galaxy with Groot making what he thought, what we thought actually was going to be the ultimate sacrifice. There's a part of the movie where Groot actually grows around all of them and saves them. And when they fall out of the sky, he protects them, and he ultimately is shattered in pieces, and they all think he dies. But just like Jesus, he comes back, a little tiny shoot, he shows back up later. But, you know, the thing is, um, what ends up happening then also is that Peter ends up grabbing a hold of the uh, orb, and he uh, really distracts Ronan by, of all things, dancing again, which is so crazy. But, you know, the thing what happens is these misfits accomplished all of this, by one great thing. And I I don't want you to miss it. This is the one thing I want you to leave with today and understand. These misfits accomplished all that they did because of one thing, and one thing alone. They were willing. They were willing to do the work. And this is one of the things I really want to leave you with today, is the idea and understanding the fact that a lot of times, you know what, God isn't going to call brilliant people, scholars, beautiful people. You know what he's going to call? A willing person. A person who's willing to fight and battle and actually put some energy into saving the galaxy. That's what it's all about. See, the thing is, when he calls in imperfect people, people who don't necessarily look the part what people would think, those are the people that he's going to call because, you know what, they're willing. They have nothing to lose. They can give up anything to follow after God. The world writes off people all the time as nothing special. All the time. Yet a lot of those times, people use, those people are actually used the most in a mighty way from God. You may think that you're a misfit. You might know someone who's a misfit. I might be a misfit. I do think I am. But the one thing that's so great is the fact that God uses misfits. He uses them all the time. He uses those people that would really be confounding to the world. You know why I think I can preach as a woman? Because this next couple of scriptures I'm going to read you. This is why. First Corinthians 1, 26-28 says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful or wealthy, when God called you. Instead, God chose the world, chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Or as the message says, take a good look friends at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and best among you. Yet many influential, not many from not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? He chose those nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That's why I think God can preach as a woman. If there's anything more confounding, it's like God would use a woman sometimes. <laughs> the fact that God can use in the Bible a donkey to speak. God uses people over and over. If you look at the heroes' hall of fame in the Bible, you can see that the people that God used most of the time were people that, God, that the world would have considered worthless, but God saw valuable because of one thing, that they were willing to do the work. They were willing to sacrifice their life and go off and do the battle. 1 Corinthians 4, 9-13 says, It seems to me, and this is from the Message Translation, It seems to me that God has put us who bear his message on stage in a theater in which no one wants to buy a ticket. We're something everyone stands around and stares at like an accident in the street. We're the Messiah's misfits. You might be sure of yourselves, but we live in the midst of frailties and uncertainties. You might be well thought of by others, but we're mostly kicked around. Much of the time we don't have enough to eat. We wear patched and threadbare clothes, we get doors slammed in our faces, and we pick up odd jobs wherever we can to eat out a living. And when they call us names, we say, God bless you. When they spread rumors about us, we put in a good word for them. We're treated like garbage, potato peelings from the culture's kitchen, and it's not getting any better. God just uses people who depend on him rather than those people who use their own strengths and abilities to accomplish everything. I know that God used me, just a woman, just a, a, an everyday person, to really go off and really try to reach people for Christ. And I really think one of the reasons why he called me it was not because I'm brilliant, not because I had this amazing education, not because of anything. It's got to the fact that I was willing to do it. I was willing to set aside my life and my ambitions, my thoughts, my desires of what I wanted and push it all aside and be willing to really just battle for him. And that's all God wants from any one of us. He just wants a willing heart. He just wants someone who's willing to fight and battle the galaxy for him. That's what it's all about. 1 Corinthians one twenty one says, Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. So why does God choose to use us? Because we're willing. That's all sometimes. When you're willing, like I said, you put those desires aside. Your plans, your aspirations. Maybe you intended to do great things. Maybe you intended to go get this amazing job and, and, you know, be this corporate person. And then get all of a sudden gets hold of your heart and you decide, this isn't really what I would want to do. I think I'd rather just lay it aside and work for God instead. It's not, like I read earlier, it's not necessarily the most Glamorous position you'll ever have And it's definitely not going to be The most money making adventure you'll ever have Peter and all those guys Could have made much much more money Had they have given up everything And sold everything to the highest bidder But the thing is You know what we do have an enemy Just like Rona. we have an enemy That's out trying to kill and destroy the galaxy And it's really up to us to battle And to save others around us To save the galaxy So we are imperfect. We're unlikely. We're the nobodies. What we are that are following God is a lot of times just a motley crew and abandoned misfits. But what's great about that is a lot of times when people see what we're doing, they have to see that, yeah, there's no way that they could be doing it. It has to be God. It has to be God doing it through them because there's no way they could accomplish on their own. And that's exactly what it's all about. And when you see that, what happens a lot of times, you know what? When I see God move and He moves anyway through me, I'm always just like anybody else. I'm just amazed. I walk out amazed. If come, someone comes up and says to me, Deb, something you said really touched me or it mattered, I am blown away. I think the reason why sometimes it's like, why God would you even use me? It was just because you're willing to do it. You're willing to do it. That's all. It's not that you're brilliant. It's not that you're anything. And a lot of times what that does is after you get done and you end up speaking or something amazing happens, you see a person's life change, it just brings you to your knees and makes you just thank God that he could possibly use you to reach others for Christ. That's what it's all about. So today I just really want to leave you with the idea that today you might be sitting there thinking you have nothing to offer. You don't have a great education. You can't do all this. You don't have the Bible knowledge. I don't have the money. You know what? None of it matters. You don't have to have an education. You don't have to have the money. You don't have to have anything. All he wants you to do is take your nothingness, and he wants to turn it into holiness. That's what he wants. And he wants to accomplish great things through you. And I'm going to tell you, simply because you would be willing, and that's all. So it really is up to become the guardians of the galaxy that we would battle, that we would fight to save others around us. So anyway, I just want to pray with you to end. And thank you so much for being here. And make sure you guys come back next week for our last movies, okay? Heavenly Father, I do pray for each person that's here. Lord, if there's ever anything inside somebody, Lord, that feels they feel like they're not valuable or they're not worthy or you couldn't possibly use them, Lord, we know that you can take the vilest of offenders and... You can turn them around, Lord, and they can be used mightily for your kingdom. And I just pray, Father, for each person here, Lord, that they feel that, that they would know, Lord, that you love them and that you desire to have a close walk with them and you desire for them to work on your team, Lord. I just pray, Father, that everybody would walk out of here knowing that is that you, they, that you love them so much, Lord, that you care about them and that you desire to, to walk close with them. I just pray for each person that they would feel fulfilled, Lord, in uh, just knowing you. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. Come back next week. Cameron's got an awesome message for you next week. Thanks.